Want to make a podcast? Spotify has got a platform that lets you make one super easily and distribute it everywhere and even earn money all in one place for free. It's called Spotify for Podcasters, and here's how it works. Spotify for Podcasters lets you record and edit podcasts right from your phone or computer. So no matter what your setup is like, you can start creating today. Then you can distribute your podcast to Spotify and everywhere else your podcasts are heard. Video podcasts are also available on Spotify. And when you want to take conversations with your fans to the next level, Q&A and polls are the best way to get them talking. With Spotify for podcasters, you can earn money in a variety of ways, including ads and podcast subscriptions. And best of all, it's totally free with no catch. Ever since I've discovered Spotify for podcasters, I just enjoy putting these podcasts out for everyone to really like. I highly recommend you give it a try. It's so easy to use. Download the Spotify for Podcasters app or go to www.spotify.com slash podcasters to get started today. It's 49ers Cutback Podcast time. Welcome to the show for Q&A Thursday. So if you have anything to say, go ahead and leave it in the chat and we'll get into it. I'm looking forward to this having this conversation. What is up, Ray? Franco, how's it going? Welcome to chat. Hope you're having a good day. Uh, this is going to be a fun one. I'm really looking forward to it. Of course, there's some 49ers news, but uh, the main thing is let's get into the Q&A. And what's up, Donald? Welcome to chat with the T Hey TCC. Uh, really looking forward to getting into this one for sure. Uh, one of the things that has been going around a lot is about the conversation about Kyle Juszczyk. Uh, Juszczyk, of course, had some comments about Trey Lance and also the transition from Jimmy Garoppolo to Trey Lance, and it ruffled some people's feathers as far as what he said. Uh, so let's go into kind of you know what what uh, Kyle Juszczyk said, and then let's. Let's get into it a little bit. He said, I just want to start with, I don't want to downplay how much we feel for Trey. Um, I think that's the first part is he's saying, hey, we, we, you know, we feel for Trey. That was our guy. We wish he was still out here doing his thing, but it's been a good transition. And granted, it's been like two days. So from what we've experienced so far, it's been good and seamless. I mean, Jimmy's been our quarterback here. This is like this, his sixth year. So you would expect him to be familiar and know what we're doing. I think that is pretty clear. You know, he's trying to illustrate that overall this is a good transition um, for the fact that you're going to your backup quarterback. It's a difficult, you know, decision to or transition sometimes when you're doing that. Um, so I think that when it comes down to it, and I see Tcio has a question here, and I'm looking forward to getting into it. 
Um, I think when it, when it comes down to what Kyle Juszczyk is trying to say, he's not trying to downplay the injury and the importance of the injury of Trey Lance, but just putting forth the importance of having somebody that already understands the offense and understands what is expected in that locker room um, is convenient for them. And that made the transition a lot easier. Uh, but it, you know, it can be con- considered cold, I guess, for some people's opinion. And I mean, I think that happens sometimes. Um, but I get what Kyle Juszczyk's sentiment is. Uh, is it maybe phrased the exact way you want? Not sure. Um, but I think that's part of it. And uh, let's get into these. Uh, and then Mr. Corey's coming in as well, which means business is picking up. I love it. Um, so what's up to COA? He says, who was to blame on the block kick? Good scheme play by them or same old special teams feel like they've been better this year? They are better this year. The special teams is by far better. Um, Ross Dwelly did the best he could to help on the inside and then still be able to help on the outside. The problem is the guy who blocks it, uh, Tariq Woolen, is a rookie, but he's six foot three. And he's a little over 200 pounds and he runs a 4-340. With that length and speed, if he's able just to quickly turn that corner right there, and he's going to have a good opportunity to block the kick. You go off the fact he timed it really, really well. It put Ross Dwelly in a tough situation. I think Seattle's special teams is really good, and I think they're going to be good all year. They have a tremendous coach. So I think it's one of those circumstances where they got the 49ers in the perfect look, got the perfect guy on the outside, and he was able to bend the corner and get there with good, good timing. I don't think it's something you're going to consistently see because I think overall the special teams has been so much better under Brian Snyder, but that's basically what happened on that play. Luke says it went from developmental year and being excited and happy to watch to making a fun and excited and happy to watch uh, or to making a run and excited and happy to watch. Yeah. It, it's changing the mindset. A lot of people were looking at Trey Lance and this was going to be a developmental season. I still had the belief that you're trying to win a Super Bowl. This is a win now team. But with Jimmy Garoppolo at the helm, uh, it's a it, it is a championship or bust kind of mentality. You understand what you're getting with Jimmy Garoppolo, and you've seen him take the team. With him playing quarterback, the team has made it to the NFC Championship game on two different occasions. One time that they went to the Super Bowl. So you have to believe that that is within their sights, and that's the expectations of this football team. Yeah, with Trey Lance, you kind of thought there was going to be ups and downs as he continued to learn. With Jimmy Garoppolo... You're expecting those ups and downs, but it's not because he's trying to learn. Uh, it's just because the you know ebbs and flows of how the game is going. So I do think it changes a little bit on how you see the game for sure. He says, how long until Jimmy gets hurt? Purdy by week eight. I'm not going there. I think Jimmy's going to stay healthy. I don't know why. I have this gut feeling and I could be entirely wrong. And if I am, make sure you come back and tell me that I was entirely wrong. But I think Jimmy's going to get stay healthy this time. I, I really do. I think this offense is going to play... Uh, the best football that has played around him for a little while, and it's really going to help Jimmy. Now, I could be wrong, but I'm hoping we don't have to see Brock Purdy for the remainder of the year. I think that would be good news for the 49ers. Of course, history tells us that Jimmy Garoppolo is going to miss time and Brock Purdy is going to be expected to play. Just hoping history is wrong. I'm hoping this is closer to 2019 and less uh, what we got in 2021 and beyond. But Jimmy's definitely proven that he will play you know, without you know, without uh, being healthy. I mean, that's a, that's a good sign for sure. Uh, Mr. Corey says, Ant, remember my breakout offensive of defensive players, Banks and Ebucom? I'm two for two so far. Both are doing tremendous, and that's great. You know, and I think, Luke, I didn't have a chance to comment on some of your comments. Uh, I, will, I will try to get to those, but Luke was talking about Banks as well. And you're right. There's a lot of people that were out on Banks. Um, I was on a wait-and-see approach, but you definitely didn't see it last year because he didn't get to play. 
But luckily, he's come in and he stepped up. And he thought he did pretty good at training camp. That's why I was a little surprised so many people were down on him. But Luke's been high on him from the beginning. I was not high on him when they drafted him. I'm, I'm per I've been pretty open about that. I didn't feel like he fit the scheme. But he's playing pretty well right now, which means uh, he definitely fits the scheme. And I was wrong about that. Hopefully, he continues to get this going. And then I like it. So uh, I think Aaron Banks is one of those players that can definitely help this football team. And so far, he's playing pretty well. I'm actually very, very excited about his potential. And Luke is saying, uh, Luke says, Jimmy ain't getting hurt. Uh, let's see. I want to read this. Jimmy ain't getting hurt, period. The second you can tell he put in the work this offseason, he looked visibly bigger than Trey. His legs and calves are much bigger. I don't think he's getting hurt either. I like that Luke Luna says 2017 vibes. Uh, I'm enjoying that as well. Donald says, uh, he's talking about uh, to see or to, to see you about Jimmy. Um, He's still saying, hey, he hasn't proved he can make the right decision. We'll see. Uh, what is up, Ernest? Welcome to chat. Uh, always good to see you. Um, and then Ernest's contract here for Jimmy, he'll stay healthy. I think he's got to have to stay healthy um, for sure. Luke says Jimmy has only lost one, one playoff game, and I don't get the narrative that he isn't um, us down in the playoffs. He was injured last year, and the Rams don't beat us. I, I think the injuries didn't help. I mean, I, I really think they did contribute to that. Uh, it, it wasn't, I mean, it wasn't fun for Jimmy. You could tell on every single snap that he wasn't feeling comfortable throwing the football. It just didn't, he didn't look right. Um, but he's going to go out there and prove it. And, you know, and, and there were interests in him in the trade talks, but I don't think there was the interest that he thought there was going to be for him. And I think he wants to go out there and prove to some people like, hey, I, I'm a good quarterback and I can go out there and, and win football games for your team. And I can do all the things that, you know, a quarterback's expected to do. I'm just not always asked those things in San Francisco. We'll see if he can do that. But I do like his attitude right now. I like the way he's approaching uh, football. I think it's it's exciting and fun. Uh, and so I think it's going to be a fun end of the year. Mr. Corey says, I wonder why Davis over Banks. And Banks is playing well. And Davis isn't even in the league. I'm with you. I was on the same page, Mr. Corey. I'm telling you, the draft is an absolute crapshoot. You're just hoping you're right more times than you're wrong. Uh, I got to admit, I did watch Wyatt Davis play all the way from the time he was in high school. So... I had seen him develop, and I was a, a huge fan of him uh, before he ever went to Ohio State. So there was that as well. Um, and then Ernest says, what about Super Bowl Luke uh, going after Luke? And I'm going to get into the injury report a little bit while you guys continue to talk and chat because there were, of course, some names that don't show up to practice again. Number one, Eric Armstead still out with the foot. A little bit nervous about that. I don't want Eric Armstead to miss this game. He's imperative for the 49ers in the interior run game. If he does miss, I expect Kamoko Ture to be active. And that would mean that the 49ers would have to figure out, you know, moving Kerry Hyder inside. But you're going to give up a little bit. Now, what could help with that is the Denver Broncos have some injuries along their offensive line. Now, I expect these guys to play. Um, but what that means is these guys are maybe not 100%. That's Quinn Miners and uh, the, the tackle, Billy Turner. Both guys on the right side have been limited in practice. So maybe the 49ers have a chance there. They run a zone scheme in Denver. If you want to see a full breakdown, I did a scouting report video over on Patreon. You can go check that out. If you're on Patreon, uh, just hop over there. I made it the pin video so you can check it out. It's about 50 minutes going through you know, the ins and outs of their game versus the Houston Texans, talking about the things the 49ers do on offense and how they would attack. Uh, it's, it's a fun episode, so let me know what you guys think if you go check it out. Uh, Daniel Brunskill, of course, continues to be out with the hamstring. Uh, TDP is going to be out, Tyler Croft out, but the new name added to the list, Colton McKivitz. Colton McKivitz has an ankle issue. 
he missed practice. So that's not good. George Kittle continue, continues to be limited and it continues to be on pace to play against Denver. Of course, there's no guarantees he ends up playing, um, but that's possible. And then, of course, you have Trent Williams that came back. Always good when you get Trent Williams back out there. Now, he has been having, uh, you know, his time, his, you know, his days off once a week, his veteran days. They used to do the same thing with Alex Mack. I think those are very important to have. Now, for the Denver Broncos, they also have some guys nursing injuries. And I think uh, the one right off the bat hasn't practiced for two days now is Jerry Judy. Wide receiver Jerry Judy's out with a rib and shoulder, and the shoulder kept him out of most of the Houston Texans game. So that could be something that is big in this game. If they don't have Judy, they have some weaknesses at the wide receiver position. Of course, they have Cortland Sutton. He's fantastic. Uh, Hamler's been dealing with a little bit of an injury as well, but he was you know, back at practice in a limited capacity. So let's go through the rest of these. Cornerback Darius Phillips has a hamstring. So that could be bad for them. And here's our guys that are limited in practice, and they have a long list. They have wide receiver Tyree Cleveland, hamstring. Linebacker Jonathan Cooper, hamstring. Wide receiver KJ Hamler, uh, knee and hip. Linebacker Josie Jewell, who is a starter calf. He doesn't play. That means you're going to see Jonas Griffith, former 49er. Former 49er uh, defensive tackle DJ Jones has an ankle. Defensive tackle Mike Purcell has an elbow. Uh, defensive end Draymond Jones neck. Of course, we talked about minors earlier. And then the last one on the list, Patrick Sertan with the shoulder. Uh, the good news for the Broncos is Randy Gregory came back and was a full participant in practice. So did Caden Stearns. And then, of course, K1 Williams, the former 49er, is back and practicing as well. So that is the injury report for the 49ers and the Denver Broncos. So the Denver Broncos have a, a more extensive injury list than the 49ers. A lot of guys limited. So it's um, it's one of those things where both teams are a little beat up through two weeks. Um, but I think most of their guys are going to go. I think Judy's the one for Denver to watch. Cecile says, how have you felt about Ray Ray? Hasn't done a lot, but popped up with some bigger plays than I thought to he would. I think he's been pretty good in the receiving part. And he's made a couple of catches here and there. He hasn't been asked with a lot. What I did like in last game, they did go ahead and motion him into the backfield and give him a couple uh, snaps in, from the backfield. I think that's something you could see Kyle Shanahan run a little bit more. And then as we get into different matchups with different teams, you might see him start running fly sweeps and things. I think you're going to see him in motion a lot in this game because of the way Denver reacts to motion. I look for motion to be a heavy part of Kyle Shanahan's offense this week. That's a little glimpse ahead to my game plan video. Um, so I think Ray Ray is going to get more and more involved, especially he's got to now build chemistry with Jimmy Garoppolo. They haven't spent any training camp together. The fact they completed that deep out pass was impressive because there's just no chemistry there. Same with Danny Gray. You have chemistry already with Jawan Jennings, Brandon Ayuk, Debo Samuel. Like those guys are used to playing with Jimmy. He understands what their routes look like. He knows their routes are going to look exactly the same every time and where they're going to be. The other guys is a little bit more of a filling out process. I'm sure as the weeks continue to go and as the practice continue to pile up and they get these reps, they'll get more and more consistency and play better together. And what's up, Shooter? How's it going? Welcome to chat. Um, so I'm always excited when you're there. And what's up, 40 Yards Faithful? So they hit my man. What's up? How's it going? Uh, loving it. Mr. Corey says, if Eric Armstead can't play, do you think the Broncos would give DJ Jones back for just the game? Uh, you know, you got DJ dealing with something too. I would love to have DJ back. So one of those guys that looks good on film. And let's be honest, I don't want to see that matchup DJ Jones one-on-one -on -one with Jake Brendel. I don't think that's anything the 49ers want to handle. His explosiveness and quickness is still there. Uh, he he just gets off the ball at a, at a high level, and he's got a lot of strength, too, in the upper body. So he's one of those guys that's tough to deal with. I would love to get him back for one game. I just don't think it's going to happen. 
Ernest says, I say, I, I say two deep balls this game from Jimmy. What do you think? Uh, it'll, it'll be over under. Um, I think that there's a possibility for Jimmy to take a couple of shots. Now, part of the, the video that I put out on Patreon, I went over the areas of the Denver Broncos defense that are open. Now, they run a lot of two deep zone. If they stay in their two deep zone, there's not really very many times that you want to go down the field. Where you want to operate is underneath. Now, conventional wisdom has been that when Jimmy Garoppolo is the quarterback, you don't run a two deep zone, but you put one of those safeties in the box and try to take that intermediate area away where he likes to locate receivers and throw the ball. Those are when Depot gets those deep crossers and IU gets those and they make big plays or or uh, George Kittle gets up the seam and makes a big play. So I think those are the avenues that Jimmy wants to attack. So if they stay in the two deep zone, there won't be a, those big time shots down the field. Jimmy will pick them apart underneath in that 15 yard area. If they change it and they go to more of a single high safety look, then those will be opportunities to take shots down the field. And he needs to at that point because you want to get them back into those two safety looks. So not only can you win in the intermediate passing game, but then you can run the football. Anytime they have two safeties deep, that means they don't have eight guys in the box. Uh, that's a good situation for the 49ers. So it's going to be dependent on what the Denver Broncos run against San Francisco. I seen them run a couple of nickel situations where they, well, actually a lot of them, but they bring five guys to the line of scrimmage for their pass rush with Singleton as the lone linebacker. It leaves a lot of area for the 49ers receivers to operate. And I think it could be a huge opportunity for George Kittle. Uh, this is one of those ones I think he could have a big game if he's out there playing. So it's it's kind of it's kind of fun. Um, and then let's see. I seen that uh 49ers Faithful says thinks Armstead plays. I hope so. I love having Armstead out there. Uh 49ers Faithful says. Got to attack the offensive interior line of the Broncos. Agreed. And I think they need to attack also that right side. I don't think that they're, you know, really that good out there. I think they've got some, some ability on the left side, but the right side's a little bit more in question. I think that's where we'll probably see Bosa line up a lot. So it'll it'll be interesting for sure over there. I mean, I'm actually very excited about this matchup. I think it's going to be a good one. <laughs> Shylock says, F the deep ball. We getting that dub, baby. Yeah, I don't care if it's deep ball or intermediate. I just, I as a as a coach, first thing I want to look at is the void in the defense. You know, and if if it's a deep ball, then it's a deep ball. If it's intermediate, it's intermediate. If it's short, it's short. And I want to take advantage of it. Uh, and these linebackers struggle a little bit in zone coverage. They lose guys in crossing patterns. They get rubbed. So there are opportunities for the 49ers and Kyle Shanahan to scheme this up. Things that fit well with what Jimmy does at a high level. Jimmy operates in that zone um, really good. His quick release, able to throw in those tight windows. Hopefully he's even more on target than he was last week because he's going to get all these reps at practice. Um, so it should be fun, but I like the attitude, Shylock, by the way. What's up, Ronnie? How's it going? What's up, man? How much does uh, stage run game improve with Kittle back? Um, it should improve a lot. This run game should get a lot better because you're basing your entire offense off the outside zone. Kyle Shannon has said as much. Well, having George Kittle at the point of attack is huge for your outside zone. I think him and Mike McGlinchey are going to be able to take advantage of Randy Gregory uh, and and uh, Bradley Chubb and be able to move them off the spot. So if you want to push initially at that point, you can do that. Of course, you could have McGlinchey go inside and work with Burford and have Kittle handle one of those outside guys. You could also run them right by and run a gap scheme. So they can do a lot of things, and I think George Kittle being out there improves your ability to run the football on the edge. And I think it also creates opportunities where you run play action. Kittle gives the look like he's going to be run blocking, especially if he's been going to second level after these linebackers. 
Their linebackers absolutely commit to stopping the run. They have to. And if they don't, if if they do that, George Kittle can run right by and play action passes. I think the Seattle Seahawks took advantage of the Denver Broncos linebackers and safeties a little bit in the past game. I think having George Kittle out there could be huge for that reason. You have to trust that he's trying to come out to block you and all of a sudden he deeks you and he's wide open. So I think there's avenues for them to be able to run the football and that's going to create even better avenues for them to be able to throw the ball. I think between the numbers and hashes are going to be interesting places up those seams where the 49ers can attack and also getting Singleton's eyes confused and then getting the ball out. Plus, the Denver Broncos really do uh, pay attention to motion more than most teams. Uh, several guys moving at one point. Kyle Shannon loves when that happens. And over on that video, I broke it down. We put Debo Samuel in motion. It's going to draw a lot of eyes, and it's going to create a lot of opportunities for other players. Shylock says, 49ers getting that, uh, getting that dub. I love it. Uh, Shylock says, 34-10. Ooh, I love that. Uh, I would love a blowout. Well, Shylock, please be right. 34 to 10. I would love it. I picked the 49ers to win 24-13. I thought that was a solid victory, but I'll take 34-10. I have no problems being wrong, especially if uh, Shylock gets it right. Ernest says 27-17. I'll take that as well. 10-point victory. I do like Shylock's a little bit better, only for the mere fact it's a bigger win. But uh, realistically, Ernest, I think that's a possibility. Shooter says, damn, for once, can, can we just get behind the team uh, no matter who is the quarterback? Shooter, me and you are on the same page. I don't care who the quarterback is. I'm rolling with them. Uh, so, yeah, I get what you're saying. And, you know, I think the topic of quarterback has been a huge conversation for the last two seasons. Uh, and it's continued through Twitter and, you know, all the 49 social medias this week. You know, lots, that's why we talked about Kyle Juszczyk a little bit. Just so much that's going into this quarterback controversy. I think it is time to kind of just put it to the side. You know, Trey Lance is hurt. Unfortunate. Um, I'm looking for, I'm hoping he has a nice recovery. But Jimmy Garoppolo is the quarterback of the 49ers now. And it's time to focus on what he can do for this football team. Um, and, you know, uh, I hate to say it, but it's kind of like Varsity Blues. You know, hey, Mox, you're the starting quarterback now. You know, I mean, it's, it's kind of the way it is. But football-wise, that's how we have to look. We, we know who Trey is. We know those questions are going to come back in 2023. Right now, we're rolling with Jimmy Garoppolo. And if something happens to Jimmy Garoppolo, we're rolling with Brock Purdy. Uh, I think that's just the mindset we have to have as 49ers fans. And, you know what, Kyle Shanahan, the whole next thing up is real within the organization. It sucks, uh, but it's real, and these players understand that for sure. Um, Luke says, Jimmy G's game is meat and potatoes. Trey's game is cake, which uh, see the table a lot less. It, it, it could be, right? I don't know. Um, we'll see. I think Jimmy Garoppolo, of course, has been in the league longer. He understands coverages. He understands the scheme better. He's seen things the way Kyle Shanahan sees them. So he's going to have a better chance of being farther along. What Trey is, is eventually the the hope of what could be. Uh, and I think eventually, you know, he's going to be a good quarterback. Ronnie says, Ant, over under Russ gets the boo birds this game. He's getting them. He is absolutely getting them. He got them last week against the Houston Texans. They're winning the football game. Uh, between him having a little bit of happy feet occasionally and also these wide receivers and running backs dropping passes, they are getting the boo birds at some point because this 49ers defense is stingy as heck. So I, I fully expect it to happen. It was an interesting thing when I, when I started hearing those boo birds. Uh, so yeah, 49ers Facebook says, does Gray get his first catch? Not sure. I think they're going to target him two to three times a game. Whether those targets end up being completions, I'm not sure those are as important right now. I think it's the mere fact you take the chance. Uh, getting the ball to Danny Gray in certain opportunities, just taking that shot down the field, 
makes a defense think you will. You have to play it honest. So first time that Danny Gray's out there, like I said, and, and the Denver Broncos decided to go with a single high safety, if you could get the 49ers in a play that gets Danny Gray one-on-one on the outside, I don't care who it's with. I don't care if it's Patrick Sertan or who. Uh, you get that situation, that's a good opportunity for the 49ers. And if it ends up being matched up onto a safety down the field, then Gray's got the speed. And even if it's not completed, it puts the fear of God into them. I bet you they run too deep after that because uh, they just don't want to give up those big plays. So I think that, you know, that's kind of where we're at. And Mr. Corson and Jordan Mason, 60 to 80 yards. I would love that. Um, I do. I don't think Jordan Mason is going to carry the ball that many times. I think you were looking at six to seven carries in this game, maybe seven, eight carries. Uh, I don't know if, if it comes out to that kind of average, he's still running the football because if he's getting that many yards, Mr. Corey, I don't know how many carries you think he's going to get. Um, but if he's getting 60 to 80 yards, I think they're keeping giving him the rock, feed him the rock means he's rolling well now the way the 49ers are going to approach this run game is going to be interesting it's very similar to the way they had to attack seattle seattle came up with a 3-4 and put both outside linebackers on the line of scrimmage making it look like a 50 front when they do that there are bubbles but you have to play off what the interior defensive linemen do they like to load up with big individuals on the inside especially on obvious rundowns and try to vent you from being able to run one of the easiest ways to get run lanes is to go ahead and create a bubble by putting guys off ball uh, outside the tight end or tackle that widen out those edge rushers. Uh, by doing that, you create a natural bubble. We saw the 49ers be able to attack it last week. Now, if that edge rusher decides to go inside that guy that's in line, which is so important for it to be Kyle Ushak or George Kittle, if he decides to go inside, they can kick him down. You can run outside. If he stays outside and creates that bubble, they can kick out and you can run up in the interior. So it's an easy way to see where they're intending on running. And all the while, if they over-pursue, of course, it creates that cutback for them to be able to run as the wash washes through. So I think those are some things to remember to watch in this game. How the Broncos' approach is obviously going to dictate how Kyle Shanahan ends up attacking. One thing I do know is Denver Broncos, uh, they're going to be watching all the movement. And they their their eyes are undisciplined at times. So sometimes they are. Sometimes they're disciplined. But other times they're not. And then let's see. Uh, 40ers Faithful says, best of attack, the edges on the Broncos. I think Kyle would want max speed over Mason's. Uh, yeah, I mean, if you're looking to get on the outside, uh, I think that, you know, Marlon Mack, potentially Jeff Wilson Jr. right now could do it. I don't know what Mason's speed actually is. Some guys are faster with the football in their hand, but I think that's part of the reason they went with TDP last week. TDP is a legit 448 guy. So he's got enough speed. But I think that's why they chose him over Mason last week. And with a similar game plan, you would think they'd want a little bit of speed. But so far, you know, I'm just not sure. And then I did see a question here. And I don't want to I don't want to miss it. Is uh, uh, WTP Niner says, where's the other guy that used to be on the show? Uh, he's taking care of personal stuff. He started a new uh, a new job and he's also been preparing for his wedding, which is in October. He actually gets married the day of the Kansas City Chiefs game. So he's handling personal business and and hasn't had the time to come on. Um, I met with him this week and talked to him. We had a we had a uh, we had dinner together and everything. So he's doing good. Him and his uh, fiance are doing good. So yeah. So uh, we always wish best to Alex um, as he's taking care of his personal life. Sometimes personal life is important, you know. Uh, Forty years uh, faithful was talking about the attack on the edges, and I love that. And I don't know if uh, you know if anyone's gonna have a chance to watch that Patreon video, but check it out. I get all into that. Uh, and then uh, 
Mr. Corey forgot. How do you forget about Marlon Mack, Mr. Corey? Come on now. That's been one of the things I've been excited about. What is up, Brad Jones? Welcome to chat. Says, am I the only one happy to see Tevin Coleman back? Okay, there are a few people. Um, and in fact, Luke Luna is in chat. Luke Luna thinks that Tevin Coleman has been signed for more than an emergency policy, but that here in a week or two, he's actually going to be elevated to the active roster. Um, we are in a disagreement about that, but I'm not going to hate on anyone's opinion. I think because they chose Marlon Mack over him last week uh, after the tryout, that I think they're okay with the three guys they got. But we'll see. You never know about Kyle. He loves to bring his guys back. Uh, so you just never know. But I, I don't have a problem with Tevin Coleman. I liked him. I had no problems when he was here. I thought he did good. I'm I'm an old school coach, though. Four or five yards of carry, you know, three yards in a cloud of dust. I don't have a problem with that. You know, and Coleman had some big games. In 2019, that game against Carolina was fantastic. I mean, he was all over the place, making big plays, outrunning people. And he used to have that speed. I don't know what his speed is now, but he would definitely have the speed to get to the edge. And if you want to attack the edge, he might be somebody they you know could rely on. So yeah, I'm not a I'm not a hater of him either. Mr. Corey says if Mason can't play now, then I don't know when. Uh, it's when you find the right opportunity. You're gonna find different defenses. So next week against the Rams, you're gonna run the three four again. Um, but once you start getting to Carolina and you get to Atlanta, you're gonna see different defensive looks and different approaches. And those might be games that Jordan M Mason. Uh, is more you know inclined to play in now i think he can play in this game because i think he can take advantage of those c gap bubbles that are going to be created by the way kyle shanahan formationally uh designs plays i think with jimmy garoppolo being in there too uh you're gonna change the way some of these defenses approach they like to bring guys in the box but they like to spread them horizontally so they spread them out this way having a vertical run game can then be important so it means the addition of the gap scheme could come in as well uh, those plays I think Jordan Mason could be successful on, but that's why I don't think you're going to see a heavy dose. I don't think you're going to see 14 carries like you saw from TDP. I think you slice that in half, but I think we do get a first look at Jordan Mason carrying the football. Fernando Santos says, yeah, I think Mac plays a big part this week. I would love it on third down. I definitely think he's important on third down with a way that he's going to be able to be in pass protection. So yeah, I'm with you on that. Uh, WTP says, okay, thanks. I liked when you all did the Madden games. Yeah, we're doing that right now. Actually, we did a Madden sim. Now, we haven't been doing the Madden playthrough. He used to do, uh, Alex used to do Madden playthroughs, but the Madden sim is on the channel. So check it out if you want. Um, that is available. And uh, says, your show is great. I really appreciate that so much. Always means so much when we get that. Luke says, Mac, I'm pumped. We got him. If it hasn't won the carries just yet, it's because he just got here. We absolutely need to go uh, get him ready because we've been needing the speed and the style. He's been a perfect fit, and Luke's been a day one, so he knows. We've been talking about Marlon Mack for two years. Marlon Mack fitting with Kyle Shanahan's system has been something important. And when they were dealing with the injuries, we we're like, hey, go trade for Marlon Mack. Get that guy in here. He he could definitely fit what Kyle wants to do. And then when he became a free agent, it was, hey, go sign Marlon Mack. We could add him as a veteran. Warriors did not do that. But in some weird way, all of a sudden, it finds a way to work itself out, and Marlon Mack is here. And it's tremendously better than the options when they had to bring guys in last year. I mean, just think of last year, the guys they had to bring in when they had all their injuries. This year, there are a lot more options out there from the running backs. Uh, the fact that Marlon Mack and Tevin Coleman and Devontae Freeman were all free agents uh, is, is kind of crazy because they're all pretty good football players that can still do it. I mean, Tevin Coleman wasn't terrible last year. 48 carries for 352 yards. That's not awful. Uh, it's not like these guys don't have the ability still. And Marlon Mack, I still think, has a tremendous amount of ability coming off the Achilles. 
Mr. Corey does not like Tevin Coleman. Welcome. Eric Dane says, Ant, you are a true friend, keeping the channel going strong while Alex is away. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. Uh, really enjoy interacting with all of you. Uh, it's a lot of fun. Uh, Devin Coleman is Kyle's secret son, says Mr. Corey. That would explain some things. Jimmy is going to sling it because Kyle's going to draw up those plays. You show the fans we still good for the Super Bowl run. WTP Niners comes with. I think that there's going to be opportunities for Jimmy to go ahead and sling. There always has been. Uh, Kyle Shannon puts these, for, these plays forth. Now, a lot of them, it's all about what they're going against. So he doesn't go in there and be like, hey, we're going to take these shots. You call a play expecting the defense to do one thing. If the defense decides to do something else, that's when a shot play can be there. Now, you do design plays for certain shots, but it all has to correlate with what the defense is going to give you. If you're going to take a, a deep shot and all of a sudden the other team comes out and prevent, or you know they, they come out and it's, it's something you're not going to be able to get over the top, you're not going to throw that pass. You're going to look for the, the next step in your progression and go underneath because that means something else is open. So it's always taking what's there. So if they give it to Jimmy Garoppolo, I want him to take it. Those deep shots, if they give it to him, take it. If they don't, take what's there. Because in the long run, they're going to have to adjust their defense to take away what you're taking advantage of. And when they do, the other thing opens up. With all things, defenses have weaknesses. Uh, they have strengths and weaknesses, and their players play a big pivotal role in that. The way you attack it is by how they're playing you. Uh, Kyle knows that, and he a lot of times will know the adjustments that are going to happen before they happen. That's part of the chess match. It's like, oh, I'm going to do this, and then when they do this, I'm going to do this. And that's part of the reason that like Jimmy Garoppolo, as a veteran, understanding how Kyle calls offense, he'll know which ways Kyle wants to attack. He'll be able to see the field the same way. I'm hoping against the Broncos that's really going to benefit the Niners just because of the approach of the defense. Because the defensive coordinator um, you know, for the Denver Broncos he came from the Los Angeles Rams. He was there with Staley. He understands how this defense wants to approach the 49ers offense. So there's familiarity there. But I think that's one thing to remember the way that they approach. They're going to come up and try to take away this run game, probably with five guys in the line of scrimmage. So Jimmy Garoppolo is going to get the Rams sort of looks from this Denver Broncos uh, team. Uh, 49ers faithful says Coleman had a nice game against the Vikes. In the 2019 playoff game, he just can't stay healthy. He did struggle to stay healthy that year. You're right. And I remember in that game, he hit his arm. I believe he put his arm down to brace himself and ended up hurting his shoulder. Was able to come back for the Super Bowl, but I don't think he was really fully healthy. He was just trying to help out the football team. Uh, Raheem Moser was running at an all-time level. But beyond that, I mean, uh, Matt Breida had fallen off. So I think he was really trying to help the football team. So uh, Luke says, well, I guess we're the only uh, putting three on the active, right? Mason is special teams guy, but they want Wilson and Mac getting carries and blocking. Coleman has proved he can't do it as well. I think, too, Coleman will help on special teams. Well, right now, Jordan Mason has been doing really good on special teams. So I don't think you're just moving him off. Um, but it doesn't mean that they wouldn't think at some point that Tevin Coleman, for whatever game plan it is, is a better option as a third option. I don't think that's the case. I think they will roll with the three uh, like Luke talked about. Um, but it's always a possibility when you have Tevin Coleman. I mean, it was just week one that they had Danny Gray inactive and elevated Malik Turner for special teams. You just never know what they're going to do. And a lot of that goes into Brian Snyder, the game plan of you know, circumstance. You had the weather in Chicago. So you're not going to use Danny Gray to go down the field in that game. You know, you just A lot of things factor into these. I don't think we can completely figure out um, how things are going to go until we get closer to Sunday. But it's always good conversation. 
Uh, and just to admit what really happened to Alex, the big boss man beat Tom Zink in a loser leaves town match. Fantastic. There's actually a picture, I'll have to bring it sometime, of bo big boss man uh, battling Hulk Hogan in a steel cage. And from an angle, it looks like me. And I posted on social media enough that people thought it was me. Uh, just funny stuff. I love that. And Tom Zink, underrated name drop right there. Who can forget the great tag team of Rick Martell and Tom Zink? Gotta love it. Uh, so so well played, Mr. Corey. Shylock says, are we getting 200 plus rush yards versus the donkeys? I think that you would like that. I just don't, I don't think they're getting 200 plus. For the mere fact, I think there's going to be avenues to throw the football. I think once the 49ers really start establishing this run game, I think Denver's going to try to sell out to stop it. And when they do, I think there's going to be places for Jimmy to get the ball out. If George Kittle plays in this game, I will not be shocked if Kittle doesn't go eight or nine catches for 150 plus. Uh, that's how confident I am that he's going to be able to win against these linebackers and safeties and that they're going to be able to manipulate the zone with their crossers and their level techniques that are going to put some of these defenders in stretches horizontally and vertically to have to cover too much ground in the zone. I think those are problems for Denver. And I don't think their linebackers are, are athletic enough to hang with the skilled players of the 49ers. I mean, they had, they had moments where they're covering Brandon Cooks coming across the middle. These linebackers can't keep up with that. So because of that, I think you could see them get, you know, 150 to 175 rushing. Uh, and then Jimmy Garoppolo coming with 225 to 250 passing. And that's enough for you to win the football game. I think that's kind of where I'm thinking it is. And what is up, David V? Welcome to chat. Always love when you come in. And everyone's saying what's up as well. Uh, gotta love the well wishes. And then we did have a, a super chat here from Luke Luna says, a $5 super chat says, spread the love. We got the dub and we're coming for more. Jimmy going to hit Ray Ray quick. Debo Kittle Ayuk. He likes Jennings. I love that. Yeah, definitely. Thank you so much, Luke, for the super chat. Really appreciate it. And that's exactly right. Uh, Jimmy getting the ball out quickly is going to be a big part of this football game because they're going to come after him with five guys consistently. But that also means that there's there's areas to get the ball out. Uh, as long as Jimmy understands and scheme-wise Kyle schemes it up, I, I think they have opportunities to get the ball out and make plays. And um, I'm excited about this game plan, but I think it's going to be a tough game. I don't think the Broncos are going to go away quietly and they have some absolute studs. Uh, Gregory and, and Chubb are no... No slouches. They're going to be getting after it. But I am curious to watch Patrick Sertan against like Brandon Ayuk and Debo Samuel. Uh, he did a pretty good job on Cortland Sutton, so I'm, I'm really curious about that. Uh, WTP says, can't wait for Verrett and Ward to come back and Kinlaw gets 100% healthy, then we will be the top defense. That's what's ridiculous. The play that you've been getting from Tashawn Gibson next to Talano Ufonga, I don't know if anyone expected that. I know I didn't. I think they were. I thought they were going to roll with Tarverius Moore or Dante Johnson. But Gibson's come in, and he's been rated as one of the top safeties in the league over the first two weeks. Of course, that needs to continue, but his recognition of route concepts and offensive formations and the things that they do has been top-notch. I think that is really helping this defense while Jimmy Ward is out. That intelligence, that veteran leadership is big. Plus, he can also help you in the box if needed. So far, the D'Amico Ryans has done a really good job of the safety group, and overall, they have a lot of talent. When Jimmy Ward comes back, it adds more versatility. You can now do special things with him in coverage. And if you keep Tashawn Gibson on your roster, you could run three safety looks. That might be the end of Tarverius Moore when that happens. We'll see. Uh, but overall, yeah, I've been very happy with that. And then Jason Verrett is going to come back, and where are you going to play him? You could easily play him in the nickel. If that happens, Womack becomes a dime. 
Uh, that could be pretty interesting as well. You're not going to not have Verrett on the field. He's just too dang good. And then 49ers faithful press, Debo over under 10 carries. I'm going under. I think Debo gets me seven, eight carries. I think they want to keep him under 10. Now, if we get to the fourth quarter, this could blow up in my face. If we get to the fourth quarter and it's a close game, Kyle might just roll with Debo. Because uh, when it comes down to it, Debo is your explosive running back. What other running back in your team can get 50 yards right now? Elijah Mitchell's not playing. So if you need explosives, you got to call Debo Samuel. He's the one that can flip the game like that. Uh, and you need those guys in your football team. So Debo Samuel could end up getting more. Um, so, oh, I like that. Eric is going, no, Alex is big boss, man. Ant would be Hacksaw Jim Duggan. Am I walking around just, oh, I don't know about all that. Uh, I like Duggan, um, but I'm not a four by four uh, toting uh, you know, American ho guy. I don't think so. Uh, but I, I do like what you're coming with, Eric Dane. Uh, Mr. Corsis, did you guys already talk about the Greenlaw extension? Yeah, I actually talked about it earlier in the week. It's a nice extension. It, having him there for two more years ensures you're at least keeping one of those linebackers. And I thought that was a worry that Greenlaw and Aziz could leave. Now it's more likely that Aziz Alshire is going to leave. Um, he's just not playing many snaps. I mean, he played 19 snaps last game. You're going with Greenlaw the rest of the time. Greenlaw is definitely the guy they want to play Will. So Aziz will probably leave in the offseason. But right now, you have him for the whole year. And then after the season, you're going to get a comp pick for him because someone's going to pay him handsomely to start uh, via their Will linebacker or their Mike linebacker. So uh, it's a good news for the 49ers. They bring back one of their own, Wisnowski Greenlaw from that 2019 uh, group. And they're going to continue to, and of course, Debo, they're going to continue to bring these guys in. And that's going to make their numbers as far as what they can pay Nick Bosa, very clear. Uh, it's nice housekeeping for the 49ers as far as salary goes. Let's see. Ford Air Civil says, Greenlaw and Warner for future is great. We have been spoiled over the years in terms of linebacker play. I'm with you. Brad Jones says, any updates on Broncos injury? Any of them ruled out yet? No one officially ruled out. So, Brad, we went over this a little bit, but I'll, I'll, I'll reiterate what it was. So, Judy still isn't practicing, and Darius Phillips has been added to the did-not-practice list. Uh, one of their cornerbacks with a hamstring. They had a bunch of guys limited, including wide receiver Tyree Cleveland, a linebacker Jonathan Cooper, who are both dealing with hamstrings. Wide receiver KJ Hamler is dealing with a knee hip. So him and Judy are both banged up. Josie Jewell uh, with a calf. And he's a linebacker, starting linebacker. If he doesn't play, that means Jonas Griffith is going to play. But that did keep him out of most of the game last week. Uh, DJ Jones is dealing with an ankle. I expect him to play. Jermont Jones is dealing with a neck. I expect him to play. Quinn Miners is dealing with a hamstring, the guard. I think he'll play. He was out yesterday. Today he was limited. Uh, Mike Purcell added to the list. He's got an elbow issue. He'll play. Patrick Sertan, shoulder. He'll play. Billy Turner, the right tackle, starting right tackle, and knee. He'll play. So I think having the, you know that list, you can tell. And then Randy Gregory, Dalton Reisner, uh, safety Caden Stearns, and cornerback Kwan Williams all were full participants in practice. So they have some guys that are on the edge, but I think the only two that may not play in this game, a wide receiver, Jerry Judy, and Darius Phillips. So we'll see as we get closer to game time whether that is actually the case or not. Um, I don't think it, you know, I don't think it really is. Those guys could definitely play for the 40, or for the Broncos against the 49ers. So let's see what we got over here in the great chat. Uh, yeah, uh, is, is DJ playing? I think he's going to play, uh, David V. I really do. Um, Shylock says Jennings could have a breakout game then just like he did versus the Rams. He definitely could. He's another guy that could have a breakout game sitting down in zones, the way that he plays. Plus, him in the blocking game. 
If you get Denver into their nickel situations, you get those nickel corners out there and Kwan Williams and Damari Mathis. Now, I like both guys a lot, uh, but getting them out there with the one linebacker, as long as your wide receivers in the slot can make those blocks on those nickel corners, there's avenues to be able to run the football. Uh, the Fourniers could do a lot. They could also run those guys inside, leave Jawan Jennings to get a linebacker, and then be able to use Kyle Juszczyk or somebody else um, to come around and block. I think there's lots of avenues for them in the run game as well. So it's an exciting you know, opposition. I think the 49ers can be excited about their prospects because their personnel matches up well with the Denver Broncos defense. Now, is the Broncos defense good? Yeah. Is it the best defense the 49ers have seen so far? Yes. Uh, but I think the 49ers run game is well equipped to handle, and I think the pass game could with Jimmy Garoppolo at the helm for this game, especially just the way that they match up. That's that's kind of where I'm going with it. Uh, Mr. Corey says this game could be a slaughter with Elijah Mitchell and Jimmy Ward. Elijah Mitchell would help this team tremendously. His explosive nature would make it even you know more increasingly difficult for these teams. They would have to commit even harder to stopping the run, and that means you're going to have other opportunities down the field. So Elijah Mitchell is definitely missed, and they're having to make that up with some interesting running styles uh, using Debo Samuel and then Jeff Wilson Jr. Uh, Luke says, whether it's Lance or Jimmy at quarterback, I don't think Gray was going to uh, be that much burn. It's hard to take Jennings off the field and blocking toughness, height, point of attack of the catch. Yeah, I don't think it's about that. I think it's about getting him two to three targets a game. Uh, other than that, it, you know, you don't really have to do a whole lot with Danny Gray this year. That's what it's about. It's always been about that. Um, you know, from the beginning, I've been saying that it's a, the amount of yards he gets when he catches, right? It's that, that uh, catch percentage, like how many yards? Is 17 and plus on these big explosive plays. That's what you're looking for, Gray. But you're looking for the attention. And when you get Danny Gray out there, it doesn't mean you have to take Juwan Jennings off the field. You know, you can put deep motion Debo in the backfield with Danny Gray and Juwan Jennings out there together. You can go four wide receiver sets knowing that Debo is going to end up being in the backfield. So I think there's avenues to get them on the field together. You can still send Danny Gray deep on run plays and run off these corners, especially if it's nickel looks. They have to respect, or I mean, cover three looks. They have to respect your run game. And if they don't, then Danny Gray is going to beat them deep. So I think you can get them both out there for sure. And then Eric Dane saying I could be super fly snucka then. I don't know about all that. Super fly, huh? Uh, I, I'm not big splash. And now we're getting a bunch of people coming with uh, wrestlers in the in the chat. So that's always fun. Um, WTP says, Ant, is Bam Bam Bigelow the 49ers gigolo? Oh, wow. That's, <laughs> that was funny. Um, so more, more, of the, more of the wrestlers. And then Marvin says, Summer is back here. Only for a couple weeks, then it's going to be cooled down. Yeah, the weather's been fun, um, but now it's going to cool down a little bit. Mr. Corey says, Jawan Jennings needs to be the next extension, him or Jimmy Ward. I think they'd like to work out deals with both guys. I wouldn't be surprised to see Jawan Jennings work out a deal sometime during the season. And Jimmy Ward, it's, you know, I'm, I'm sure they would like to. But if you're the 49ers, are you pausing right now? Are you, are you pausing and saying, you know what, with Tauno Ufanga and... Whoever at safety, can we get it done? I'm not saying that they should because I think Jimmy Ward's a big part of this team, but Jimmy has talked about the fact he wants to experience free agency. I think he's going to let it go all the way to free agency. I don't think he's going to sign an extension because uh, I do think he wants to, you know, kind of be wined and dined and see what's out there. He gave, he came back to the 49ers on a lesser amount and gave him a hometown discount. I don't know if he's willing to do that again. Uh, so we'll, we'll definitely see if he does. Um, Fortnite says this is a good game to use our tight ends. They are weak at linebacker and safety. Yep, with you 100% there. 
Marvin Rose says Jimmy G from game 10 on last year, the NFL top rated passer. That's a good stat. I like that. I know there were some cool stats going in comments. I'm going to have to check those out. I haven't been able to get on the comments. I actually on Friday, I broke my phone. I broke the screen and it was doing some funky stuff. I just got a new phone. So uh, there for a little bit, it was hard for me to get back to some people unless I was sitting in front of a computer. So uh, thanks everyone for being patient with the comments. If I'm not able to get right back to you, uh, I'm going to get to it. It's just, it takes me a little time and I got a little bit uh, backed up because of the, you know, the cell phone. So who who knew that cell phones were so important? Eric Dane says, Russell Wilson needs specific players around him that match his skill set. And that's not what the Broncos have. He's not a plug and play quarterback. Broncos are overrated, probably don't make the playoffs. I think you're right. He does need certain players and talented players around him at the wide receiver position, especially. I also think he needs a power run game. Now he's got Devontae Williams, could be a good run game. But I think they're still trying to figure out what their offensive makeup looks like. You got Nathaniel Hackett, who was with the Green Bay Packers and was their offensive coordinator with Matt LaFleur, of course, calling plays. Um, but he's been around the league and he's you know seen a lot of different things, not to mention his dad was a really good offensive coach in this league, Paul Hackett, uh, having spending time with the 49ers, including Bill Walsh. And so there's been a lot of things that he does that are West Coast centric, Nathaniel Hackett. You throw in the zone scheme and the way that he's learned from LaFleur's and Shanahan and everybody. And you get a unique offense. But when Russell Wilson came to the Denver Broncos, he brought a lot of his own concepts that he wanted to run. And they've been instituting those concepts into this offense. And I think sometimes it makes this offense seem like there's a little bit of issues. It's not a seamless transition. I think that's something they're still working through. We'll see. Um, but I think that can be you know, an interesting thing for this offense moving forward. And I think that's why they haven't really scored more than 16 points so far. Barnes is not a Wilson fan, but he can carry a team. When he gets rolling, he certainly can. Um, so yeah, I think so. Um, Marvin says, I like the old guys, Tom Brady, the goat. What else needs to be said? Tom Brady. Yeah, he always is. Um, I, I think that's how it comes. Mr. Corey says, Ant, time to bring Buckner back. His guaranteed money is up and he can't like the direction of the Colts. Did anyone think the Colts were going to be like this? I thought they were going to be a pretty good football team. Uh, I thought Matt Ryan was going to come in there, stabilize the quarterback position, but you're right. I don't know if they're going to bring back Buckner back. That's a They'd have to pay him a lot of money to come back. You still have Javon Kinlaw. You have Eric Armstead. We'll see what happens there. I mean, I would love to have Buckner back. I love Buckner as a player, as a person. I think he's a great, a great addition to any team. Um, but he's still got money out there uh, to make. There's a lot of money out there to make. Brad Jones says, do we think Eric will play on Sunday night? I don't know. Uh, people have been coming in chat and saying he's definitely going to play. I'm not sure. He's missed two practices with a foot injury. I don't know the extent of the foot injury, so I don't know anything about it. And it, until I do, I, I can't say for sure he's going to play. I'm hopeful. I'm hoping that tomorrow he's going to practice. I'm hoping he'll go, go through practice on Friday and that he'll be ready to play on Sunday night. I think that would be a big loss if he's not. Um, you just don't know. Just don't know. Luke says, Wilson's on a new team. It will take time. He may have lost a step on that regard for sure because he has to learn to play different at this very least. It will take him time. He's in a tough division. Yeah, I thought that, you know, I, I thought that they were going to pick it up a little bit faster than they are, though. The offense looks kind of out of sorts, um, but you're right. I figure at some point during the year, they're going to be tough to deal with. They're just going to get better and better. Um, Marvin says, great article today in Fournier's Web Zone about Paul Hackett and Shanahan. I'll have to check that out. Um, interesting story. I, I actually dropped this on uh, Patreon when I did the bonus show with John Chapman over on John Chapman's Patreon. Uh, is I've sat in clinic with Paul Hackett. Paul Hackett's such an intelligent guy. 
Uh, but the ins and outs of the way that, the, you know, he talked about offense and he talked about Bill Walsh and the West Coast offense uh, was very enlightening. I really enjoyed it. It was one of my favorite ones to sit in on. I've sat in on a lot of different coaches, but um, I always remembered Paul Hackett's because of how in-depth he got and just the way he talked about offense. I always thought, man, he's an intelligent offensive guy who's experienced a lot of different things. And I'm sure he passed that on to his son as well. Uh, so I'm actually looking forward to when Nathaniel just kind of takes over and starts calling offense the way he wants. I think that's going to happen at some point. So, but yeah, I really like that. Mr. Corey says, who's been more surprising through two games, Hufanga or Banks? Um, I think as far as surprising, I think it would be, I thought Banks could play well after seeing him in training camp. So I don't think it's Banks. I think it's actually Hufanga only, and not so much surprising that he's playing well, but that he's playing like over the moon well. Uh, because Hufanga is playing like at a, a pro ball, all pro level right now through two games. I think that's more shocking. If you told me he came in and he played well uh, and he was doing a good job as a starter, I was like, okay, yeah, I, I like that. Uh, but I thought Banks was going to equate himself pretty well. I thought the, the way they were so comfortable with him stepping in for Lake and Tomlinson, how the, Chris Furster named him the left guard early on and didn't have it be a competition, that made me think Banks was going to do pretty well. And then when I saw him at camp, I thought he was going to do good. So I think it's Ufanga just because how great he is or how great he's been. Um, so yeah, I think that's where it is, but that's a, that's both guys have really played well. Marvin Rose says in order to run a good West coast offense, passing accuracy is important tremendously. Uh, and it's, it's all about timing. You know, it's, it's three-step drop, get rid of the ball, three-step drop and a hitch, get rid of the ball, you know, uh, five-step drop, get rid of the ball, five-step drop and a hitch. All of this, you know, makes sense. Is it seven-step drop, hitch, hitch, throw the ball. It was tremendous timing. Bill Walsh had it all figured out. It was exactly precise to get the wide receiver to a certain spot and you get rid of the ball when you're supposed to. Uh, the West Coast offense changed football, revolutionized NFL football forever and probably football in general forever. The timing, uh, the intricate ways that they, they ch went choice routes, you basically ran certain routes depending on what defense you were going with. And that's completely different from NFL in the past. Uh, intellectual Bill Walsh, I mean, he really did change the game fundamentally. Uh, it's it's fun. I, I really enjoy it. I read Bill Walsh's book, uh, listened to him in clinic as well. These guys are just so smart. They were so fun. Um, but yeah, you're right. It's really precise. Everything is precise. Eric Dane says, Russ's game is also based around extending plays that he's lost a step. His greatest strength is that he's strong and he's not a pure pocket passer. Yeah, one thing that's interesting is the Broncos really haven't ran too many empty. He used to run empty sets in Seattle and have success being able to create what I've noticed is, number one, their offensive line isn't that good. But number two, Russ, as soon as he starts feeling pressure, uh, isn't as comfortable to step up in the pocket and take off running. He wants to try to get around to the outside. Uh, that's something the 49ers can take advantage of. You know what the 49ers have done in the last couple of years? It's blitz him and really cause problems for him. So I'm with you. <laughs> Luke says, Russell is too short to be a pocket passer. Been saying the same thing uh, about Kyler and Arizona fans, and he will never be great. And Kyler is a lot shorter than Russell Wilson. Um, but Brock Purdy's not that that tall either. Uh, so it, it, that's interesting. Mr. Corey says, who do you think will be the third in sacks? I have Bosa one, Ebicom two, Armstead three. Uh, the beginning of the year, I thought Armstead was definitely going to be up there. I actually predicted him to get close to double-digit sacks. I thought nine was probably the number he was going to get to. Armstead's foot makes me worry a little bit because if he starts missing football games, he won't reach that number. I think he's a possibility for sure. He's the next best guy. Um, but we'll see. I think at some point, Drake Jackson starts taking off from the outside. I can see him have some chase and run down quarterback sacks as well. I wouldn't count out Drake Jackson, um, but 
I, if Armstead stays healthy, he should be the guy. Uh, Marvin Rose says Montana could pick up, pick apart, and score in less than two minutes. Accurate, even the tuna parcel said Montana was extremely accurate. He was uh, the rotation of that football. The fact that he could, I mean, he could drop it in a box. Uh, Montana was special. I mean, it, it was it was the funnest time to watch football was when Joe Montana was playing quarterback for the San Francisco 49ers. I loved it. I mean, I loved I'm so glad I got to watch Joe Montana when I was a kid. My favorite player wore 16 every single year uh, that I could. I just loved Joe Montana. He was such a good quarterback. Luke Luna says, Russell and Kyler, you push the middle and hit the edge. That's how you beat them. Yeah, exactly. Collapse the pocket around them. That's the way you do it. Barbara Rose says, watch the Madden you put up, Ant. Wilson ran quite often there. He did. He ran way too much. That Madden sim completely surprised me. I actually thought for there for a minute Denver was going to win uh, because Russ was just running all over the place. But, uh, yeah, I, I'm still waiting for the Niners to lose one of these Madden sims. So far, they haven't. We'll see what happens next week. But 14-13 uh, in that one, yeah, the Madden sim was fun. Uh, it was crazy. Uh, Mr. Corey says, yeah, I have a Minahue or Jackson, the new third in sacks. I'm with you. I, I forget about a Minahue sometimes. I'm waiting for him to kind of make a huge impact. So far, he's had like little little moments and flashes, uh, but I'm expecting him to kind of get out there and really do some stuff. I'm I'm ready for it. Marvin Rose is the best quarterback of all time. I love Joe. I think in his, it, I like to keep just so everyone knows. I like to keep different time periods uh, separated. So I think Tom Brady's the best in this time period, and Joe Montana's the best in his time period, and so on, because there was just different rules, different circumstances uh, that changed the game fundamentally. And I think if you put these different quarterbacks in different rules and eras, um, it might change some of the game. So I think Joe Montana is definitely, in my opinion, the greatest of all time, but I like to keep it in that category that you know, he was the greatest in that point because it was just different rules that he had to navigate through. Uh, and then uh, said, this has got to stop Russ from using his patented spin move that ends uh, crash. Yeah, exactly. His little duck move as well when he's in the pocket where people kind of go a little bit high. Those aren't good. And David V says, Breezy Sim didn't run much. Interesting. Uh, that's interesting that we have the different Sims where uh, Russell Wilson took off and ran. I, I mean, I'm almost curious why. Uh, that's that's very interesting. And then uh said, Breezy Sim, Jimmy was throwing darts. That's interesting. Well, hopefully Jimmy continues to throw darts. That would be really, really nice. I would love that. Marvin says, I was at the Rams game when, when uh, Coral missed all those field goals and Fred Dean just absolutely destroyed Hayden. Fred Dean, what a fun guy, right? Uh, who else can show up the way Fred Dean did and absolutely go in there and dominate? Special player. Absolutely special player. I love that. Well, guys, I'm, I really enjoyed this conversation. Thanks, everyone, for coming through chat. I had such a great time. Tomorrow on the channel, you can catch out Catch up with uh, cover two with me and Warren. We're going to go through a lot of the game stuff. Talk a little bit about what happened to the Seahawks, but it's mainly focused on the game this week. And then Jay in the Bay, what's good? He's going to give five big things the 49 need to do uh, to win against the Denver Broncos. Those are the Friday shows that are coming out. And then join me on Saturday at 11 for what's the game plan. I'm going to go through how the 49 plan to attack the Denver Broncos on offense and defense. After watching all the film and everything, I have a pretty good idea. But thank you guys so much for watching. Don't forget to like, subscribe, hit that notification bell uh, so that you know every time a video goes live. But I really appreciate all of you. You guys are the best. The best there is out there. Uh, I've almost said the best there is, the best there was, the best there will be. But uh, after all the wrestling things, right, that's what's kind of deserved. Thank you guys so much for watching. Stay safe and remember the right way. 
is always the 49ers.